love the line in the song that says, My sin was great, but your love was greater. What a powerful name. What a powerful name. The name of Jesus. The name at which every knee will bow and tongue will confess that he is Lord. Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you for the privilege just to be in your presence. Thank you for the honor that we have to call you, Father, that we can call on you and you hear us, that we have access to you. We thank you, Father. Lord, we praise you for what's going to take place tonight, for the lives that will change, the souls that will be saved. We thank you, Lord, for the, the heart, hearts that will be softened, those that are broken will be healed. We thank you, Lord, for you're worthy. You're worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. Lord, and we just praise you. We lift up a, this nation to you, Lord, a nation that's in turmoil, a nation that's divided. Lord, we lift it up to you. We lift up our government and our president to you that you would surround them with wisdom and that you would speak to them. Lord, we pray for those that have been sick and affected by sickness, Lord, that their bodies would be healed. Lord, we pray for those that have lost jobs. Lord, we know that you are the provider. And I pray that you would move in their behalf. Father, we praise you, we honor and glorify you. We ask you to anoint us to hear your word tonight. Anoint our hearts to receive and our ear to hear. Lord, I ask you to anoint my lips. Speak what you would have, Lord. We give you the honor. We give you the glory and praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. I want to remind you guys that are watching. This thing sounds funny to me, that uh, if you want to give online, we it's secure, it's uh, safe and secure. Uh, but you can give online at our, our www. Does anybody say w? We don't have to say that, but mylakesidechurch.com. Uh, you can go on there and go to give, and uh, it will take you through the steps. But uh, in here, we'll receive our offering. Um, at well, we can go ahead and. At the end of service, you can bring it up and drop it off. Summer's giving me directions while we're going. But uh, I've learned to take them on the fly. And, and if you're watching and if you ever see me look to my right, which would be your left, I'm typically looking at my wife to make sure I'm not messing up because she keeps me straight. And if you've been married, you know that's the truth. And uh, if you didn't say amen to that, then I don't know if you're, you know what truth is. But uh, anyway... We've been in Ephesians for quite some time. I, I have no idea what part, I, I don't know what this is, uh, but we're, it's Ephesians. We're still in Ephesians, okay? So, uh, But Ephesians chapter 4, we'll try, make an attempt. Uh, I don't know that it'll happen, but we'll make an attempt. Verses 17 through 31, which will finish chapter 4 out. But uh, I love the Word of God. I love taking time. I remember when we first started here, I first began to pastor and, and minister, uh, not even just here, but in minister in general, you felt like you had to throw everything in the world that you knew out there. And uh, so, but you, you don't have to. And, and uh, sometimes we just need to slow down and, and uh, just, just take the word in. And I'm so thankful for the word of God. But Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 31 tonight, I want to use for a title if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, well, we use them for the simplicity of keeping up with uh, the messages online and all of those things. But using for a title tonight, put off the old man and put on the new. Put off the old man and put on the new. Ephesians 4, 17-31 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth not walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past filling have given themselves over, over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. But have you not so learned Christ? If so be that you have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and if you write 
highlight, circle, write notes. I want you to take a note of Ephesians 4, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put off, or you not put off, but put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let, he, uh, let him who stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may get, have to give to them who needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and, and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. That's a lot. But we're going to get into it. <laughs> when you're saved, you're saved. When you said yes to Jesus, you were saved. And you can't be no more saved than the moment you said yes to... There's not a level of save, save, or salvation. I about said savinghood, but that's, that ain't even right. There's not a, you are saved, you are saved, you are saved, you are saved. You're totally saved, and but your, your life should be changing. Yes, we're saved. Did I turn this thing off? Check. There it is, sorry. I'm driving Israel crazy. <laughs> I, I Listen, if you, if you work with us, we keep you hopping because we, we just throw all kinds of stuff out there. Anyway, but when you're saved, you're saved. Thank God for that. that you, you can't be no more saved, but, but your life. Here's the, here's the thing we, we have trouble with. Your life should be changing. Every single day, every, you should be closer and growing in your walk with the Lord today more so than you were last month or last year. Or If you haven't experienced the Lord in your life and change taking place in your life in a, in a while, then something might be wrong. You should never stop growing in your relationship with the Lord. I can't, I can't put into words how much I love Summer. I cannot tell you how much I, I love her more than I ever did before. But our relationship always grows. I do more things now to even get on her nerves than I did before. But that's because we have more love for one another and she can forgive me more. <laughs> but we're not saved to stay the same. You, if you're watching, you're not saved to stay the same. I said this morning, Summer says it all the time. He saved you to send you, but before he sends you, he's going to change you. I read an article written by, and I can't remember his name. It was a Baptist minister, but I do. He wrote, he wrote the article, and it was talking about the LGBTQ, and there's another letter now, and I can't remember what it is. But we should, we should, we should welcome them in, talking Yes, anybody's welcome in. And he was talking about the fact that when he came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, he was a drunk. But he didn't stay that way. God changed him. And changed him for a, glor to a, for a glorious reason and a righteous reason because that's the nature of God. Because once Christ dwells in you, he's blessing the gift that he gave in you. And the blessings, Deuteronomy 28 says, the blessings will overtake you. It'll change you. But it isn't our job as the church, as the church people, to change people we're to be fishers of men, not cleaner of fish. We're to preach the gospel and let the Holy Spirit work. 
So if you're watching, and Daryl, don't, don't get nervous, Daryl, but if you're watching and I don't care what you look like when you come in them doors, and I don't care what you, it, it don't matter if you've come in one time or a thousand times, I'm not looking at the outward man, we're talking about the inward man. The inside tells a whole different story than the outer appearance. You ever heard, you, you heard those cars when you're riding down the road, they call them sleepers? There was a guy in Gastonia, I remember when I was younger, he used to have a, 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 an old station wagon, and on the back of it, it said dragon wagon. And man, that thing would just rumble your chest when you'd pull up close to them, and, and it looked like a piece of junk, but it would just fly. It would just roll down the road, and, 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 and people's looking at the outside. And, but this is how we, we're not to look at the outward man. Thank God that he does not look at the outside. So we're not stay, saved to say that stay the same, but Paul is addressing here moral standards. Uh, he's addressing the moral standards of the believer, those that are saved. Don't be shocked when the unbeliever is doing foolish stuff. Don't be shocked when, 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 when uh, old, old buddy up there in New York said, God didn't do this, the governor. Uh, don't be shocked. When, when the non-believers said, those things are ignorance. We'll talk about this in a moment. And, and they don't know. But we get all bent up in a tizzy and we get all tore up and we're ready to throw down. Listen, preach Jesus. Preach the word because that is what will change. So anyway... He's addressing the moral standard, the moral life, the moral living of the believer. You can't expect someone who does not understand, one, who Jesus is, and two, what Jesus did for you, to, you can't expect for them to live as Christ has laid out for us to live. The word live, you can't. The, the Bible tells us that it's foolishness to them. But unto us which are saved, it's the power. So he says, walk not as the other Gentiles walk. Meaning this, you are and should be different. You are and you should be different. What makes you different? Not what you got on, not where you go to church, not what car you drive, or what sticker or you, or you do or do not have on the back of your car, but what makes you different is you, your life, the Christ that's in you, the Holy Spirit working through you is, is drawing people. Summer said before, several, quite a few years ago, and people got mad at her. People weren't drawn to you, they're drawn to the Christ that's in you. What do you mean? No, 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 no. They're drawn to the Christ in you. The Bible tells us that in us dwells no good thing. Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, you just heard it, and I'll tell you again. In us, in you, in me, dwells no good thing in ourselves. So walk not of the other Gentiles, meaning, again, you should be different. You are now grafted into the vine. Your life in Christ should be fruitful. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. We were dead in our sin and trespasses, but Christ saw fit when you said yes to Jesus. He didn't take the dead fruit. He planted new life in you, and now you are grafted into the vine, not so that you can say, look at me, or just hang in there like a leaf on a tree, but you can be fruitful. So you once walked, you once lived in and by the vanity, we just read the vanity of your mind. Meaning, we lived for us. I do for me. I work for me. I, I'm doing for my wants, my desires, my likes. It's all about me, 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 me. And don't get offended if you are. I'm going to go ahead and apologize, but it's not meant to offend you. But there's a song by an old country singer. I can't remember his name. It's all about me. What's his name? Toby Keith, yeah. As he sings, all about me. And this is, this is the truth. I mean, this is the truth about a lot of folks. It's all about me. No, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. When, when, when John the Baptist said, I must decrease so he can increase. 
We need to be decreasing and let him increase. Mike, you know something about this. When we used to go out and we'd go to start a job, they'd be, we'd be doing toe polling and we would, and I told you about this when I learned to read a, a level and shoot grade, I learned that less was more. And it spoke to me greatly. And I remember that lesson when I was 19 years old, I was out walking up and down a dirt hill taking shots and thinking, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And this guy, old man named Neil something, I can't remember his last name, he was from Missouri, and all I ever remember about Missouri was, I'm from the show me state, son. And I was like, okay, what? I don't even know what you're talking about, old dude, but uh, whatever, I'll show you. What do you want me to show you? Uh, this is how I was, my, my mindset. I want you, and this is the way he did, I want you to take this pole here, and I want you to go up and down that dirt hill, and I want you to take shots, and I want you to write and record it all. And I was like, whatever, I'm getting paid, so okay. So I came in there, and he was, I was calling these numbers out, and he said, what does this mean to you? I said, it means nothing to me, Neil. He said, less is more. I was like, what? Well, this is backwards. But I began to, the Lord began to deal with me, because my mind does not think this way. Jason, when you become less, I will become more. When you will decrease, I will increase. And listen, that's what he wants. He wants less, he wants all of you. But he wants less of you in the way. So anyway, walk not as the other Gentiles walk. Before Christ, we lived in the vanity of our mind. We lived for us and us alone. Sure, you might have done good things. I know a lot of good old boys that will do anything for you. They'll, man... I had a guy who worked with us, LJ, gave me a transmission rebuild kit from old Ford and a, and a transmission jack because I didn't have one. I was laying on the ice, and I was putting it in my truck, and you may remember. And, man, I, I didn't say nice things. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you because I was cold, and I was mad, and I was irritated. And he was a good guy, but he was also a good guy. He stuck to his word. He'd cut your throat if he needed to. But, I mean, I'm not saying that he did. Uh, I'm not throwing that out there, but... He meant what he said and said what he meant. But just because we do good things don't mean that we know the Lord. It's not about just doing good things and doing good deeds. It's not about that at all. So, so now in Christ, life is different. We're not, we've heard, you've heard it said, we're not shouting to get something. We're shouting because we've got something. We got it. I got it. I got Jesus. We used to sing a song a long time ago. I found Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. I found Jesus. I found him. He found me. I said yes. And my life began to and is still changing. <laughs> it never stops. He never stops working. Acts 17 and 28 tells us, For in him we live and move and have our being in who in christ it's in him we live and move and have our being it's not about us anymore it's not about what we think what we want what we like i'm so grateful that i'm alive in christ i'm not a dead i love life but I love life because of the life that I now have in Christ Jesus. That I have peace in the middle of a pandemic that I'm not fearing. My God is greater. I'm alive in Christ. I, he did not save us to be boring and quiet and dead and, and just... You've got, you've got life. The, the, you've got life in you. Before Christ, our understanding was dark and there was separation between man and God. Before Christ, you, hadn't, you did not know. You're, you couldn't understand. The Word tells us the, the, the Word is spiritually discerned. You could not comprehend. You could not understand because the, the, the blinders, per se, were there. The veil has been rent, but you didn't have access because the only access is through the provision, Jesus Christ. But the moment you said yes, the key was inserted, the doors were open, and now you can go into the Holy of Holies. My God, somebody. 
So our understanding was darkened, but now it's being enlightened. It's, it's there. It's glorious. But now because of Christ, because of the finished work at Calvary, because of the cross, the veil of separation is gone. It's torn. It's rent. And we've got access to the Father and to the wisdom and knowledge and understanding by and through the working of the Holy Spirit. Man. What a privilege. This is how much He cares for us. This is how much He loves us. That I saw you, I saw you feeble and weak and worried and tormented and troubled and tried. And I came to you and you ran to me and you said yes, you believed it and you received it. Now I don't want you to be troubled. I want you to be triumphant. I don't want you to be vexed from every which way. But I called you to walk in victory. I don't want you to walk around whining. I called you to worship me. I don't want you to sit and pout no longer. But lift up your hands, child of God, and praise me because I called you to do so. You got to get here on a Sunday night because they're good too. This is what Paul was praying as we should be praying in Ephesians 1 and 18. He was praying for the church of Ephesus. And I pray this all the time. Lord, enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Lord, I don't want to see it how I think it should be seen. But I want you to show me clearly. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. That we may know what is the hope of His calling and the riches of His glory. And inheritance in the saints. This is what Paul was praying. This is some of the same situation. You once were, your understanding was darkened, but now in Christ, you ought to be asking, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. See, his calling is not dreadful. Oh, I don't want to get saved. I can't have fun no more. I, man, I have all kinds of fun. Uh, if I get saved, I can't do this. You ain't going to want to do it anyway. You're going to be tempted. Temptation comes. Let me tell Let me just, for the record, let me make it clear. Temptation is not a sin. We all tempted. The Bible tells us we're all tempted. But let me tell you something you're not going to want to do. You're not going to want to do it. His calling is not dreadful. It's glorious. It's wonderful that He trusts us to be an ambassador, a representative of Him. He trusts us. His calling is not dreadful. It's not burdensome or heavy. There's hope in it. I said there's hope in His calling. There's hope. There's hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. You look at Ephesians 4 and verse 18, being alienated. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. How could someone say murdering an innocent baby is okay? Because their heart's blind. Verse 19 of Ephesians 4, who being past feeling, past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all cleanliness with greediness. How can some of these things happen because their heart is hardened, their heart is blind, they are past feeling. It is all about what I desire, what I see as best, what will benefit me, even if it's a long-term gain. What will help me? What will promote me? What will set me up for the next step? You want me to tell you how Christians should be? This is how you should be for your fellow brother and sister. I'll set you up for the next step. Go ahead and climb back up on me. Go ahead and get there before I will. If you get up there, remember me and help pull me up. This is the life of a servant. This is Philippians 2. This is the mind that is to be in us. Lay it down. Okay, I, I want you to be the best. I want the best for you. Your desire as a Christian, as a believer, should be one to leave a place 
shape than it was when you got there and desire the best for everyone, regardless if, you, if they call themselves a believer or not. You should want the best, and when you want the best for them, you're going to give them the best. You're going to give them Jesus. So they, they're past feeling this is who we, we were before. Oh, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. I mean, I ain't killed nobody or nothing like that. I mean, all I did was steal a pack of peanuts from Chuck's. I did. I don't. I told y'all that before. My brothers told me I was dreaming about peanuts and saying peanuts in my sleep because I told them and, and I cried and it just tore me up and I had to tell my daddy and he made me go tell Chuck Webb that I stole a pack of peanuts from his store. And man, I was so scared. Chuck, I stole some peanuts. And uh, he said, I'll, I'll tell you what, you can work it off if you go fix me a hot dog. I said, okay, I'll go do it. <laughs> but it don't matter. I mean, sin is sin. And it, let me, listen, I thank God for my dad for, for making me do what he did. And I didn't want to do it, but he made me. I had to walk all the way, almost a mile, all the way. And I was thinking, God, don't let Chuck be there. Don't let, don't let him be there. Just let me take 69 cent, Daddy, and put it on the counter and not tell him. But that's, this is, this is it, we can't compare our sin in, in categories and, and wasn't as bad. We were all sinful, born in sin. The sin nature, it was there. So we can't compare our, well, I wasn't that bad. Without Christ, yes. You might not have done some of the things with some of the, the uh, 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 results or, or, or circumstances following those things you did as, as others, but... Still, since then. So this is who we were before Christ. So we're surprised. We shouldn't be surprised that things are the way they are. Right now, the big debate is this. And yes, we're having church. If you're watching North Carolina, there was a temporary ban on the governor's mandate. So we're in church, having church, and here we are. But right now, the big debate is church is essential. We're essential. Let's pick it, march, and we're, we're, we're essential. Church is essential. I, I agree. But this is the big debate. We want everybody to know it. I'm going to paint me some T-shirts, and I'm going to fly about. I, I hired a pilot, and he's, he's, he's got a banner flying over the governor's matching. Church is essential. Down like at Myrtle Beach. Go to Wings. Get you a towel for three ninety nine. dollars <laughs> I don't, I don't they, they have them. Yeah, wings are not essential. But, uh, but this is what we're, we want everybody to know. We're essential. But until the church realizes that the church is essential, don't expect anybody else to. Don't say church is essential when you've never been a part of the church and you don't desire anything to do with the church and be a part of the church. All you want your name is tagged to Jesus and you want what He's got, but you don't want to be who He's called you to be. You don't want to lay down your life. You don't want to put everybody else before you. You don't want to forgive even when you don't want to. You don't want to love when you don't want to. Don't be calling yourself essential when you don't even know what it is. We've got a governor trying to, to, to lecture us and teach us and tell us about faith when he supports murdering unborn children. Don't lecture me about faith. But until the church realizes you are essential, you are an essential part of, of God's ordained order, you are the part, you are the body, he is the head, but until you'll be not just the mouth, everybody wants to be the mouth. When you want to be the, the bottom of the big toe, praise God, I'm a part of the body. But until we realize we're essential, then nobody else will. Most people say we're essential and church is essential because we want the luxuries that we've been so used to. Listen, Terrence went on a mission to, to uh, work last year down to Mexico, and you're talking about people traveling through the mountains and all of those things. We've experienced the same thing out in, on the Navajo Reservation. Pray for the Navajo Reservation. My friend Ophi, Ophi uh, Largo sent me a message, and the Navajo Nation has been hit hard. So has many others, but I, I know them personally. 
But they understood the importance of coming to worship corporately. And they desired that so bad. And it wasn't about sitting in a 67 degree controlled ice box right now. If it feels that, I feel it's great to me. But uh, it wasn't about that. It was about coming and worshiping their Lord and Savior. But until we realize we're essential, and until, until we realize that, then don't expect anybody else to. So if the church is essential, then my question is this, where are they? Where are they? Where are they at? Uh, Debbie, uh, 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 you and uh, uh, Ashley and Israel, y'all, y'all went to the thing yesterday. And, 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 and Where's the church? Everybody needs Jesus. We can't be the church unless we're in an air-conditioned building, unless we're on our property, unless we're sitting in our seats. And No, 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 no. The pulpit's mobile. I want my sanctuary back too. But praise God, the pulpit's mobile. And Jesus said that I, uh, His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So if He leads me into the valley of the shadow of death, I know that I'm going through because His rod and His staff will comfort me. So my question for the church, I'm not talking about just Lakeside, but I'm talking, if you call yourself a believer, you're a part of the church, where are you at? Where are you at? This world has gone crazy. People are fighting over toilet paper. They think that you can only get bacon because they're going to shut all the pork plants down. They might, I don't know. But where is the church? Where are the praying saints of God? Where are the interceders? Where are those that will get on their face and cry out, forgive us and heal our land? If we would cry out to Him as much as we cry about stuff, I'm telling you some things will begin to change. We, will, we want to experience revival. Let it start in us. I'm sick. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sick of hearing the term, the church is essential. When you won't be the church, you let the church be who God's called us to be, the hands and feet. Be it in here, praise God for that. I love it in here. Listen, we've worked and labored hard for in here. But I'm telling you right now, this means nothing to me. It's all about the lost souls. It's about seeing those that come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ grow in their walk with the Lord and being changed. Being part of the church. So, if... The church would take a stand. What could happen? What would happen? I don't know the exact numbers, the percentages of the statistics, but I'm pretty sure that it's low. I know it used to be 3 to 5% of people identified as part of the LGBTQ community. And if you're a part of that, come to our church. I love you anyway. I don't hate you. But I'm telling you, when you come to the saving power and knowledge of Jesus Christ, you're going to change. But if 3 to 5% or 7 to 8 or let's say it's 15%, I don't know whatever it is. They changed the course of history because they took a stand. But the church has laid there and been a doormat for years. And tolerated everything coming and going. And all we cared about for the last four years prior leading up was being relevant, cool, and hip. I want to tell you right now, Jesus was never cool, nor was He ever hip. But I'm telling you, He is still powerful. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He didn't care then, nor should we care now. I'm here to tell you there is room for you at the throne. But instead, we just want our sanctuaries back. I just want my seat. I just want where I put my shawl and my napkins. I just want to be right back here in the middle section on the fourth seat on the right side or whatever. I don't know where he said, but I do know where he said, but there's more too. I'm not saying you guys won't. I'm just saying this is the mindset of most folks. 
Who cares? If I have to sit on a metal chair, I pray God I don't have to, but if I had to sit in a metal chair in the middle of a desert, in the far back road just to worship with my fellow brothers and sisters, then let's go. <laughs> but I, listen, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I love coming in here and worshiping. Don't, let, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I love it. But the pulpit's mobile. Fellowship's needed. Corporate worship is needed. But the gospel is needed more. I don't know if y'all heard me or not. But fellowship with one another is needed. It should be desired. Corporate worship is needed. It should be desired. But the word of God, it says it will stand forever. It's needed to be preached. It's needed to be sang about or sung about and lived. The gospel is needed. The saving knowledge of Jesus. They need to come to that. Your corporate worship will never be greater than your private worship. Fellowship will truly be fellowship when the church falls back on its face before an almighty God. When our time seeking the Lord is greater than our time thrumming through social media. When, when, when we don't need, we listen, we don't need any more warriors typing on the keys. We need more people on their knees praying and seeking God's face. Well, if I was them, I would. You ever get, you ever aggravated and you type hard? Like, that's going to make a difference. I don't see you. And we put more than one exclamation point. I mean, one does it all. But if I put three, they're going to really know it. I mean. But we don't listen. What we need is to be seeking the face of God. Because I promise you, the person that don't have a care in the world right now, they ain't getting mad because they ain't paying no bit of attention to you all tore up. Asking the Lord to create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. <coughs> the last 68 days, that's how long we've been, this, this has been going. 68 days. I've read and I've seen more anger, more rage, more bitterness. I've experienced a little bit of it myself. Do I agree with what's taking place? Absolutely not. But I've learned what it means to pray for those who persecute you and turn the other cheek. Paul was writing. And he told them, put away those things. Verse 20, but you have not so learned. This ain't what you learned. Don't walk like everybody else. Don't talk like everybody I love what Torrance was preaching at one time. When you get saved, everything changes. Even your radio dial. I was going to rub my hair, but I ain't got none. I got a haircut today. But, but you have not so learned Christ. This is not what you learned. This is not what you came to the saving knowledge for. This is not what he shed his blood for you. He did not shed it for you to be like everybody else. Verse 21 of Ephesians 4. Turn my Bible back. Verse 21 says, If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So if you have heard, if you have believed, if you have received, if this is what you have have uh, believed and received what you see, who you were, is not what Jesus teaches or tells us in His Word. So if you've received this, verse 22 says, put off concerning the conversation life. That old man, put it off. If you have done what you say you've done, if you've said yes to Jesus, then leave the dead man in the grave. <coughs> I don't have, I, I'm just, on my yelling. <coughs> if you have believed, 
If you have received, then leave the dead man in the grave. Leave him there. Because, verse 22 says, the, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Corruption only births more corruption. Misery wants more misery. Don't just, listen. Corruption births more corruption. It's like rust on a car. I'm not a body man by no means. Jason, you know way more than I would ever know. But I do know that I can't just sand the rust bubbles and then paint it back. You've got to get rid of it. It's cancer. It's just going to spread. But see, this is how the church has addressed so many people for so long. We just want to scratch the surface. It isn't my job to rid you of the rust. I'm saying, brother, let me bring you into the body shop. <laughs> we got the master. He'll take care of you. He'll cut it all away. He'll fix you. There ain't going to be no bondo there. You ain't going to be patched. You're going to be restored. You're going to be made new. So don't just address the appearance. We, we don't need any more clothesline preachers. You got to have your hem your skirt down to your ankle and you, you can't wear ear bob. I heard all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you, if, 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 if you're convicted about those things, then, then that's the Lord. He deals with people differently. My mom didn't wear earrings and my mom didn't wear shorts. She didn't wear culottes. I don't I don't I, that was just long shorts, but I just whatever. But that was my mama. But my mama wasn't gonna not like my wife because my wife loves lipstick and earrings. Yeah, you, you ain't gonna see her without it. I have once. <laughs> Twenty-two years. She was like gorgeous. <laughs> but anyway, we want to address the appearance. Man, listen, let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit work and let Him deal with the old man, the sin nature, corrupt, driven by lust. And I want to tell you, lust is more than just sexual. We always want to make it sexual. You can lust after things. Cars and, and objects and clothes and shoes and whatever. Pocket knives. Food. Man, your money. I mean, I don't listen. I don't really dig Burger King, but man, it smells so good when you drive by. I think they, they're putting something in the smoke to make you want to come in. And <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like, whoo! Man, that smells good. The burger don't taste like the smoke smells. I don't know what. I'm just saying, I, I don't, I'm not knocking, but, you know, it fills the hole. <laughs> but anyway, lust is more than just sexual. We're driven. We were driven by the deceitful lust. This is what you think you need. It's not what you need. Just like we spoke about this morning, the man thought, I've got to get into the pool. Jesus said, no, you don't need that. The pool's already, listen, all you need to do is rise, take up your bed, and walk. I'm here. I'm what you need. Verse 23, here we go. Here it is. Here, here it is. <coughs> Here's the big, the big uh, uh, down the pipe, or whatever you want to call it, the meatball. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How's that going to happen? It ain't by doing hummity hummity or nothing like that. It's, it's by placing and keeping your faith anchored, making the finished work of Jesus Christ the object of your faith. Because then you're going to realize that I am not that important. But He is. Your mind, the believer, must go from depending on self. You'll realize I can't, you can't help. You'll realize I can't do it. To being 100% dependent on God. Not codependent. This will and can only be done again by making the cross of Christ, the finished work, the object of our faith. Romans 12, 1 and 2, we, we read quite often. And we're going to read again tonight. 
Paul saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But you're not going to, listen, this is going to happen through this taking place and be not conformed to this world, going right along with Ephesians 4, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He changes everything. 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 Verses, verses 24 in Ephesians 24 through 31, and that you put on, you put off, you've got rid of the rust, you got rid of the, the dirt, the grime, the, the ooh, ooh, the whatever. There's somebody came out, and they, listen, you make money in America on anything. Now that all this stuff is going on, they come out and it's advertising. It's on the store. It's called the Cootie King. So you don't touch anything. I was like, are you kidding me? But I don't even know why I told you that. But it's, uh, hey, that's capitalism at its finest. But anyway, put off the old man. Get rid of the stuff. Get rid of the, you put that off. You, you leave the dead man in the grave in verse 24. Here we go. That you put it off by being renewed in the spirit of your mind. In verse 24, you put off the old man and then now you put on the new. Hey. Put on the new. <coughs> Someone fusses at me all the time because I smell everything. Uh, you may not know, I, but you're going to know. Now you do. Before I take a bite of food, I smell it. I take my shoes off. I smell them. I want to see if they still smell new. They don't smell new, but I smell. I don't know why that is, but there's something about new. It's just fresh. But this is how the Lord works. Put off the old, put off the dead, rot, stank, nasty. Get rid of that. And I'm going to give you something new, crisp, better than you could ever imagine. I put it on, verses 24 through 31, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Before we were blind, we were blind, hard-hearted, we were past feeling and all of that thing. Now we are created because God has Bless what's in you. We're created in righteousness and true holiness. Be holy for I am holy. It's the Christ that's in you, dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit working through you. Verse 25, wherefore putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to them who needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it might minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. This is what happens when we put on the new. We put away lying and we speak truth. We don't make stuff up no more. We just tell the truth, even if they don't like it. You, you don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You don't sit and think about things, let them fester and try to figure out how to make that encounter happen again, because I got it, I got a good one now. I mean, we've all done it, been riding down the road trying to recreate them. Oh, I should have said this. That was. Let it go. Okay, Lord. Sorry I was a moron, Lord. Forgive me. And just let it let it let it go. Let it ride. If if you if you don't, if you don't do these things, then you do, verse twenty seven, you do give place to the devil. I mean you hear people all the time, I'm trying to devil riding my back. Well quit giving them a saddle. 
Sometimes most of us are like, hey, saddle all up, partner. <laughs> no, she no, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Oh, Lord Jesus. Quit giving them a place. Put off the old man, put on the new, and you won't give place to the devil. We need, you need to be putting up like, a, like the mot like motels and hotels used to. Yeah, I remember going to the beach. <laughs> we were riding down the, down the road. <coughs> we drove at night because we have air conditioning. And uh, we had that 12 of us piled up in the car. It was perfectly legal and safe. <laughs> Strapped to the hood and laying in the back window and the floor, <laughs> everything, man. Had to ride because it was hot. Ride down, Dad's like, man, ain't got no babies in there. Let's go down to the next one. By the way, if your hotel still advertises free HBO, ain't nobody staying there anyway. <laughs> just, just saying. But anyway, that's what we need to put. Nobody, there ain't, ain't no room here. We're, uh, listen, I'm full, not full of stuff. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I'm full of Him dwelling inside of me. No room for you. You don't steal. You work for it. Hear me clearly, church. What time is it? We got time. Man, it'll get dark at like 10 now. Y'all can see until at least 9 o'clock to drive home. <laughs> but anyway, you don't steal. I'm not talking about going to Chuck's and taking peanuts. I'm talking about your employer. You ain't stealing their time. You work it. Ooh. Listen, the Lord saved you and sends you, and He called us all to preach, but He gave you a job to work and earn your way through, not to steal from your employer. And I know this might not seem good to folks, but you were hired to work. If the opportunity comes up, listen, I always tell people, if you can't open your mouth and move your hands at the same time, keep your pile shut. We got to work. So you don't steal no more, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands that the thing which is good, that he may have to... Listen, the Lord is so good to us. He blesses us with the privilege and an opportunity. When you put on this new man, I'm going to provide you with what you need, and I'll provide you with more than enough you need, and you'll be able to give to somebody else that needs. This is how good he is. I've told you, I'll say it until I die. A believer, a Christian, a born-again, blood-bought believer is the best employee that an employer should have. <coughs> you'll work your way up. You'll get those promotions. You'll get those raises. You'll have the favor of God working in your life, not because you're rubbing elbows with the boss, but because you understand this is the day the Lord has made, and my word tells me to do it as if I'm doing it unto the Lord. Debbie's walking through med line, just picking, I'm picking for Jesus or whatever, I don't know. But guess what? God's been good to her. So you don't steal, you work for it. Christian and laziness should never go together. There should, I, don't think there, I don't think there is a lazy Christian. I'm going to question your, 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 I mean, I'm just going to say, hey, man, you sure you know the same Jesus I know? You ain't working to get stuff, but you ain't, you ain't lazy. We don't want to work. We don't want to labor. We don't want to get out there and sow, but we want to reap. We want to reap what we see, we, we, the tangible things. We think this is how it is and this is what it's going to be when I step into whatever. And listen, no, you've got to sow. You've got to sow. You've got to labor. I'm not talking about labor and burdensome and I'm laboring for the, no. I'm, you, there's work. Sister Gunner, how long you serve the Lord? How long you been laboring? 50 years. It just keeps on going. But he keeps on getting better. I mean, we got preachers, they want we got Christians and believers, and they, they sit there on their seat, and I just want to see the harvest, and I want to see souls say, Well, how many people you told about? Well, ain't, ain't none yet. Huh. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I want some, I want some uh some tomatoes in a few weeks, but guess what? I ain't planning none. 
I'm going to go to the store and buy some. But anyway, uh, we, we, you sow. If you don't sow, you don't reap. This is called law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you, this is how good God is in His Word. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Simple as that. So instead of us complaining and worrying about what we don't have or what we don't see happening, keep sowing. Jason, how could you? In this pandemic time, how could you guys don't know if, if people's going to come back. Don't know if, if the money is going to come in. How could y'all just go ahead and paint this? Go ahead and spend that money. How could y'all just go ahead and keep clearing land and go on? I, look, I'm going to tell you something. God is not confound by a pandemic. Pandemic or not, I still expect a bountiful harvest. <laughs> <coughs> what a better time we didn't have to clean the church it was great we, we didn't have to get everything cleaned up right then but uh, I'm not saying if, if you didn't paint your sanctuary whatever that's up to you totally up to you but we just keep on listen you gotta sow in, in, in order to reap that's, that's called again the law of the harvest and, 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 and no there's no corrupt communication stop talking about people Slandering, killing them verbally. Your prayer request should not be a moment for you to talk about brother so-and-so. Just pray for them. What they need. See, you know how Christians, what they need. Ain't none of your business what they need. Just pray for them. I don't, unless I really absolutely feel led by the Lord, I don't ask people what they're praying for. I just pray for them. And agree with them. So uh, 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 the question is this, are your words building up or tearing down? If they're not building up, don't say it. Don't say it. If you don't like my head like this, then that's fine. That's your opinion, but keep it to yourself. Don't cut your hair like this. I've saved on gel and shampoo. It only takes the size of my fingertip to wash this hair. It's awesome. There's no, they don't really lather up, though. It's kind of weird, but. Anyway. Verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Listen. Evil and worthless words grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't have to. Worthless words? What is that? If it's not building up, it's tearing down. Those are worthless words. That grieves the Holy Spirit. Stop talking about my children. Hello? If they don't worship like you, then okay. It don't mean they ain't saved. Everybody goes to a football game. Everybody cheers a little bit different. My dad was the guy with the big stupid pants and the, and the, and the horn, the big player, and, 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 and has all the sayings for the referees, but I ain't that guy. Don't mean he's right and I'm wrong, or I'm right and he's wrong. Build them up. Don't tear them down. Verses 31 and 32, and it ends, and it's talking about forgiveness. And I want to say this, and I want to say this, and I'm winding down, but if you have forgiven, then act like it. That's simple. Terrence looked at me wrong, but I forgave him. I ain't watching him see if he looks at me like that again. I, just, I forgave him. Get my eye on you, man. No, it's, I forgive you. There are moral standards for the Christian life, and quite honestly, some of the stuff I see and some of the stuff I hear from Christians really aren't representing the Christ that I've read of in the Word of God. 
So this is what Paul is addressing to us today, 2020, the year of the great pandemic. He's still addressing those moral issues in our lives. And I want to tell you, it's time for us to get back on our face before the, not and, the Almighty God. And ask Him, not change everybody else. Lord, change me. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How? By letting Him change you. By letting Him change you. If you would stand tonight. I want you to join me tonight in something, in, in, uh, well, one prayer, not something, but praying. <coughs> you heard me talk about Governor Cooper, not, and I don't agree with him. You heard, you've heard uh, uh, multiple pe people talk about multiple politicians they don't agree with or whatever. But I want you tonight to join us, join me and, 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 and one, asking the Lord to search us, search our hearts and, and renew us, renew a right spirit in us and be renewed in the spirit of our mind. But pray for our governor. To pray for the lawmakers. Prayer is more powerful than your, your, your fight. I'm not a doormat. I'm not looking for a fight, but I'm not backing down. Pray. Put into practice what you, what you think or whatever it is. But join us if you want to make yourself an altar where you are or, or, or come up here, whatever, that's fine. If you're watching, I encourage you to join us in praying for our nation, for the governments. Because the truth is this, the church is essential. But pray that the church would realize they are. And it's not just a building. Sure, God can be worshipped and praised and found anywhere searching soul is. But don't try to get engaged in an argument and explain to a non-believer why, why your place or house of worship is essential. They're not going to care and they don't understand. But pray. Lord, we come to you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you are still changing lives. You're still changing hearts. Lord, that we would put off the old man, that we would leave the dead man in the graveyard. Lord, as tried as we have been, as frustrated as we may be. Lord, nothing has caught you by surprise. You're not taken aback and you're not, you're not bewildered by what is going on. But Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, the church, your people. Forgive us of our sins. Lord, that we wouldn't be so concerned about a building, but we would be concerned about lifting up your name, the name of Jesus. Lord, and I pray that you hear for the specifically for Lakeside Church that this body of believers would understand the importance of the call that you have placed in our lives to be your hands and feet, to be a voice in the wilderness. Lord, the importance that we decrease so you can increase. Lord, that we not get caught up in the daily routines and the arguments and, the, and the, all the junk. But Lord, renew us in the spirit of our mind. <coughs> Lord, I even ask. I know that you have shown us that the house will be full. But Lord, we're asking for a bigger house. Lord, your time will wait on you. Lord, your time is perfect. But Lord, we're asking for not just Denver, we're asking for Lincoln County, Lord. God, I'm asking for the addicts to come in, for the homosexuals to come in, 
for those that are tormented and vexed to come in. And Lord, let them experience the saving power and the power that's in your blood and change them, Lord. Lord, and when they come in and, and don't talk like and look like, Lord, let us love as you love and let us build up. God, let us be who you called us to be. The body. The body, Lord. Lord, we lift up Governor Roy Cooper to you. Lord, I pray that you would bless this man. Lord, that you would first speak to him, that he would hear you, and that you would draw, as you're drawing him, that he would run to you and not to science, not to trends or traces and worry about the three W's, Lord, but let us wait. Let us worship, Lord. Lord, but you would, you would draw him, Lord, and bless him. Lord, forgive us. Forgive me for being mad at him you would speak to him. Surround him with wise counsel, Lord. Let the believers, the ones that have a true relationship with you, speak wisdom into this man's life. Lord, for all the, the, the that seems to be corrupt and, 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 and hateful government officials, Lord, that you would change them. Lord, forgive us, the church, for making nasty posts on social media about politicians we don't like. Lord, we ought to be praying for them. Lord, you would bless them and touch them and, and draw them to you, Lord. God, I pray that you would bless the president, the vice president. Lord, that you would give them strength and wisdom. But Lord, we're asking for you to let us be the church. Let us preach your word without swaying. God, even in the midst and face of trials, we know that through you we're still triumphant. We give you the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to encourage you, if you're watching, uh, if you have a youth, a young folk, if you feel young, more of you Mondays is tomorrow night. Man, what a great time it's been. It's been greatly missed, but tomorrow night at 6:30, yeah, food, and then they'll, then you'll come up here for for worship and the word. But uh, bring them. But uh, we look forward to seeing you. Prayer Tuesday, seven o'clock. Service Wednesday, seven o'clock. I don't know if there's anything Thursday at seven, but. Prayer Friday morning at 6.15. We love you guys. Be blessed and we will see you soon.